Good, good evening. Well, <laughs> that's, that when, that's, that's when you know you've lost all sense of influence when no one answers back. <laughs> good evening. I just want to remind us of our theme for this year. Every tongue confess Jesus Christ is Lord. Repeat that after me. Every tongue confess Jesus Christ is Lord. One more time. Every tongue confess Jesus Christ is Lord. Stand, would you please, for the opening prayer. About a year ago, for a class assignment, I was asked to do a two-minute sermonette on 1 Corinthians 13, but there was a catch. I just had 10 minutes to prepare. Well, I, I did the work. I um, opened up the scripture, and I found the passage, and I also found the grand idea, as my professor would say, and that I did real fast because underneath the 13, it said love. So I knew that I was talking about love. <clears throat> I also did a quick outline. I slapped down a couple of points and a conclusion, and I preached it. But when it was over, I came away with the feeling that I had failed to understand just what Christian love is. Since that day, I have read that passage every time I have opened my Bible. I felt that God was telling me to study it because I needed to grow in this area. And in fact, I failed to show Christian love all the time. I studied this scripture every day and just when I thought I was growing, I would fail. I would grow and then I would fail again. This kept going on and on in a circle until one day, out of frustration, I cried out, Oh God, what's love got to do with it? In the silence that followed, it became apparent to me that I had to start this study all over again because I still didn't get it. I still didn't understand what Christian love was. But this time, I vowed I would study the scripture with a new attitude, with a learner's heart. I continued to read, and I read it every day. And this time, I began to learn some things. I learned that love has everything to do with it. And God began to show me that Christian love is of the greatest importance. And over the course of time, I found out a few more things concerning Christian love. First, I found out that love is essential. Three years after leaving Corinth, Paul began to hear stories that the church there was in deep trouble. And one of the issues at hand was the, was the importance of spiritual gifts. It seems that too much importance was being placed on them. The Christians there were fighting over which gifts were greater and which gifts had more power. Jealousy and mistrust were creeping into the church potty. So Paul wrote a letter to the church to set it back on track. And in chapter 12, Paul addresses just this situation. He tells the church that, yes, the spiritual gifts are important and they are real, for he himself professed the gifts of tongues. But he said they weren't really essential to the Christian walk 
Instead, at the end of chapter 12, he tells them that now he will show them the most excellent way, the way of love. Verses 1 and 2 sound like this. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecies and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have the faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Love is essential. And Paul is saying that even though I have all these things, all these great gifts, and even though I can dazzle them with my tongues, if I never offer a cup of cold water in the name of Jesus, nothing I do is of any value. I'm reminded of a day, just a few Sundays past, I had had a great time preaching at a little church out in eastern Colorado called Kiowa. God was in that place. The Holy Spirit was going up and down the aisles, in and out of the pews, and he was touching the hearts of those there. It was just a wonderful time of fellowship. We left Kiowa, our spirits high. But then I stopped in Falcon at the Diamond Shamrock to get some gas. And you know, the clerk had trouble there turning the pumps on. She was, it just wouldn't start for whatever the reason, the computer. And you know what? I, I, I hate to admit this, but it bugged me. It bugged me bad, and I got impatient. And, and I kept thinking, how hard can it possibly be to just push that button and start the pump? But you know what? It took forever. Well, I, I had, it was important and I had to get home. But that night, later on, when I sat down to thank God for this great day of ministry, for all that had happened, I heard something like this knocking on my heart. He said, Bud, you missed it again. Continue your studies. A lot of great things that happened that day. But in the end, I failed to love someone simply because they were having a hard time. At the end of the day, I felt as a minister, I had done nothing. So I continued to read. I continued my daily readings, and I found out, and I discovered that Christian love is exceptional, or is experiential, excuse me. It is something that we are to practice and experience. It reaches out and it touches lives. It changes lives. Friends, Paul wasn't just making this stuff up. But he understood that love is to be practiced because Jesus modeled it for us. And then Paul wrote it down so we could see and understand. God is love. And verses 4 through 7 contain 15 phrases that embody God's love as revealed through his son, Jesus Christ, and is a pattern for us to love others. In this passage, we see just how the Son of God showed us the way. And if we could just take a couple minutes, I'd like for us to look at a few of these together. The first is love is patient. Jesus is patient. God mourned over me for 38 years because I was dead in my sins. I denied him. I didn't need him because I felt I could do it all myself. I had it all the answers. 
I had it all under control. But love is kind. Jesus is kind. He cared about me. And then he sent me a wife who prayed for me till, for 10 years until one day I could no longer go it alone. With Cindy by my side, I knelt there in our living room and I asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Jesus keeps no record of wrongs. After all the years of denial and sinning against God, on the night that I accepted Jesus and repented, as my, uh, accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, he took my sins and he threw them away. On that night, I became a new creation. <clears throat> Jesus came into this world and he said it on its ear. He transformed us. And he left us with these examples to experience and to put into practice so we could continue his mission to transform all of human life. As I continued on, I found out that love is exceptional. Verses 8, 9, 10, and 13 read like this. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when perfection, when perfection comes, the imperfect disappear. And now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Love is everything. So it should be the prominent feature in a Christian's life. It is exceptional and it is vital. It is the love that I aspire to have. I pray to God daily to show me how to love as the Apostle Paul loves. I, I ask God, God, show me how to love as you love. I want to tell you about someone who I believe modeled exceptional love perfectly, modeled it better than anyone I have ever known. And that person is my mother-in-law, Donna Eldred. We lost my mother-in-law this past June, and it has tore a huge hole in the fabric of our family, a hole that I'm not sure will ever really completely be filled. But Donna fit all the descriptions of Christian love. She experienced it. She practiced it. But more important, those around her felt love. In all the years that I knew Donna, I never heard her talk bad about someone. I never saw her get angry. And I never knew her to envy anything that somebody else might have. In fact, she was always happy for them. Donna was a person who had really very few material possessions, but she possessed something of far greater value. She had love, and she shared it with everyone who crossed her path. A year and a half ago, when her health really took a turn for the worse, she was in a nursing home because her kidneys had failed, and she had to learn how to live life on dialysis. <clears throat> One afternoon, a nurse noticed that Donna had dry skin and thought that must really be bad, so she began to apply lotion to Donna's arms and to her legs. 
This was this lady's job. But friends, Tana just praised and praised this lady. She praised her so much that you would have thought that that person who was doing it was the person who invented this little act of kindness. Donna just praised her so much. And that, I think, is the point. Donna was so very kind. And even though she was so very sick, her major concern was that that nurse knew just how much she was loved and appreciated. And I believe that my mother-in-law changed that person's life. Love is exceptional. And when a person is filled with this great gift from God, it manifests itself in exceptional ways. It is the love that is displayed between the father and his son. It is the love that we are to show each other. It is the love that God showed us by sending his son Jesus as a sacrifice for the atonement of our sins. It is the love that Jesus showed us by his willingness to be nailed to the cross to die so that we might have life. He gave it all. And he has bridged the gap between God and us that sin has created. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that should ever believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That is exceptional love. So what's love got to do with it? In the days, weeks, and months following me, crying, screaming out this question in frustration, I have come to see that the answer to that is everything. Love, it is love above anything else that we must project from the top of this holy hill. So I want us to ask ourselves tonight, how was our Christian love life? I want us to examine our hearts tonight, tomorrow and through the week and days ahead. I want us to examine our hearts by asking these questions. Is love essential in our lives? Do we give it a place of priority? Is love experiential in our lives? Are we practicing it daily? Is love exceptional in our lives? Do people see Jesus when they look at us? After all, when we meet Jesus, Paul tells us, that all we will have left is love. All of our gifts, all of our ministries, everything will be gone, but we will have love. And then Paul writes, now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Let's walk in love together.